If you love anime and D&D, check out Warlock. It's the story of me, Nova Ravenwood, a young woman born without magic who forms a pact with a mysterious being for power. Set in a fantasy world of adventure, dragons, and powerful sorcerers, the story unfolds like an anime for your ears. And don't forget about our muscular hunk of a classmate, me, Ren. Too bad this is audio only, otherwise you could see that I'm flexing my arms off over here. Are you seriously interrupting the ad? You moron! Sorry, we'll get out of your way. Wait, 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 hang on. I haven't even told them about my amazing powers. I guess I should describe myself a little bit more first. First thing, I don't wear a shirt. Thanks, Briar! Join the quest and listen to Warlock wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit warlockpod.com for more information. Dice. Rolls. Dragons. Trolls. Adventurous. Okay, in three, two, one. Welcome to Adventurous. Uh, an actual play D&D Dungeons and Dragons podcast with a dad and daughter. It's D&D Squared. Yes. Haha, <laughs> dad and daughter Dungeons and Dragons. We could make, you know it'd be cool. What? A D4. But instead of numbers, it had Ds in every spot. <laughs> it was dad, daughter, Dungeons and Dragons. Anyway. Wait, wouldn't that be like D and D and D and D? Or sorry, D and D and D. And D. But and D and D and D. Why? Because there's three sides. Because there's four. All right, now we're getting into the semantics of dice architecture. Geometry, Dad. Well, you know how it is. All right, (laughs) we should get into this thing. I am the dad. I am the DM, the dad man of (laughs) this podcast. And we are going to be continuing on our story in the world of Elsewhere with... I'm the daughter, and I play Kia, a tabaxi ranger, rummager, who just escaped from a giant robot that was protecting a magical projector. And you met a, yeah. <laughs> and you met a goofy little dude whose voice sounds like this. Is that what you made him sound like? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> you always forget your accent. I do. It's a problem. Um, <laughs> all right. Are you ready to jump right back into this? Yes. Okay. As you said, as the daughter said, we were in a very exciting chase scenario last week. We had to have you escape from this scrape because as you got up to floor nine, which is really high, Mm -hmm. you guys found a very magical, very interesting piece of surged magic past world tech stuff. Very large. A very large projector that seemed to affect... The scrapers. scrapers. Yeah. And then, upon turning it on, what happened? Um, it attracted a wild magic storm and um, the giant monster thingy, that giant robot scraper thingy that was guarding the it. The Scrayclops. The Scrayclops, yes. That was guarding it. Noticed us and noticed me and my new friend, Maud. Um, and... Escape and uh, hence escape sequence. Yes, a very intense uh, escape sequence happened, and uh, 
you guys made it down, and on the way down, you were affected by a wild magic storm. You had to roll on the f- wild magic table that I'm <laughs> going to be creating, and through this magic, a portal opened up. Weird cheering happened, and through the portal <laughs> came a little guy named Flibbit, and he kind of sounded like this. My favorite. A flump, to be specific. A gooey, squishy, floaty. Cute. Cute octopus dude that changes colors with his mood. Yeah. And you guys rushed out the scrape, and right when you got free, rolling up on a crazy steampunk carriage <laughs> was... With no horses, Harry with Potter no style. Horses, <laughs> with no horses, was Gunther and a older lady, salt and pepper hair, uh, by the name of Theodora. And you and Maud and Flibbit jumped in the back of the carriage, and you guys peeled out of there back towards Map's Edge. And on the way, you noticed that the Scrayclops did not give chase. It stayed in the tower, and it clambered back up. Its light turned up. blue. Its light turned blue, and it clambered back up to those top floors. And that is where we are now. You, Your butt is sore from <laughs> bouncing along in this carriage on dirt road that's not very set up for travel. And in the front seat, uh, you have Gunther and Theodora through a little curtain. And in the back, like Mods. Taxi. Yeah, Fancy taxi. Exactly. And Mods laying down, taking a breather. And uh, Flibbit and you had just talked about where he's from. He's not really sure why he's here, but uh, he figured you guys would be able to figure that out. He was in the cave with. An adventuring with party. Beards? Yes. He, <laughs> he implied said that they beards. all had beards and spoke a funny language. It's dwarves. <laughs> I was wondering whether I was wondering whether it was like a weird like D and D creature that you came up with, or if it was like just like dwarves. It was just a party of dwarves. <laughs> you guys started rumbling back towards town. So as of now, you're about halfway back towards Map's Edge. The day is beautiful, uh, and uh, you got the projector in your lap. Mod's next to you, taking a breather. You can hear Theodora and Gunther chatting up front. She was introduced as an old rummager pal, and here you are. I have the projector in my lap, uh-huh. which is now turned off, yep. and the magic storm is gone, I believe. It was gone. It, it disappeared when you turned the projector off. And, um... I I think that um, I would kind of like, I think I would tap on the curtain. Tap on the curtain? Yeah. Okay. To, uh, like, you tap on the curtain and Gunther opens it up and he goes, oh, hey, Kia, how are you? Uh, are you okay? Yes. Good. I love you. <laughs> and he's a turtle. Yeah, he's a turtle. Just in case everyone remem- forgot, <laughs> like me. Yeah. For example. You keep calling him uh, a gnome. So his little turtle eyes lean down. He had he has like goggles on his head and he's just checking on you. Uh, is there something you wanted to talk to him about? I whiffed up the hefty projector because I, I assume it's hefty. It's projector. Oh, man. What is um, that? I found this. Oh. Oh, I can feel the magic off of that thing. Um, But when I, when I turned it on, uh-huh. um, I think it attracted the magic, the, the wild magic storm. But it turned off all the little scrapers, and the big scraper was slowed down by it, so it might have an effect on them. Interesting. Um, do you mind if I borrow it? Sure. He pulls it up, and he starts looking over at it. Make a perception check for me. 
That is an 18. An 18. Okay. So you notice two things. Number one, you notice Gunther pulls off his goggles, just cleans them up a little bit, puts them back on, and he starts, oh, man, this is, this is quite affected by magic. I have not seen something like this. Well, and he turns towards Theodora, and what you notice is them share a knowing glance. And a then glance. A glance between the two of them. Nothing ever come, ever good comes from a glance. That's <laughs> not. Uh, and he goes, well, um, you, you can have it back, dear. And he, he reaches down and hands it to you. And they seem to be looking at each other in such a way that is worried. Like it's bad? You know Gunther, he would have shared it with you normally. Okay. So the fact that he's being silent is a little weird. Hmm. Kia, Kia's ears, I think, go from almost fully forward to almost to um, not like flat back, but mm-hmm. tilted back. At about that time, you guys roll back into Map's Edge. And the first thing you notice is a crowd gathered. And there's a lot of people hustle and bustle about... The I thought this was a small town. It's a small town, but I, I, there's still probably at least 100 people here. Okay. You know, it's pretty small. Yeah. But there's a big crowd of most of the people gathered and some visiting people too. And you also notice another part of the gathered crowd is there is a, a string of wagons oh. that are kind of off to the main street. There are some very finely dressed people standing there. Finely dressed. Finely dressed. And if you remember correctly... Kia's ears perk perk back forward. (laughs) (laughs) If you remember correctly, uh, Gunther had said that there was an ambassador group coming through today that was going to be traveling from Athon to one of the neighboring towns that they were going to be a potential, like... Customer. Customer, yes. But in the meantime, there's a crowd gathered, and as you guys come to a halt and park, you guys get out and start seeing that a lot of that hustle and bustle is people talking about the wild magic storm that just hit the scrape. A bunch of random people come over. Uh, You see some of the faces that you recognize, like um, uh, Callie from Callie's Clutters is there, and she runs over to you and she goes, Kia, Kia, are you you okay? Um, We saw the storm, and you were in there. You were the only one in there. The only one? No one else was there. I thought there there are some remedies. They left earlier in the morning. It was just you and Maud peeks, perks up from the back and she like lets out a deep sigh. She goes, "I was there also." And raises her hand. <laughs> and so everybody basically is just kind of excitedly checking up on you. Okay. And so Callie looks you over, pulls you aside. She's this um, an elf that's kind of skittish. She's just like checking you over to make sure you're okay. Okay. And she's like dusting you off squeezing your cheeks <laughs> and checking your fur and stuff like that. Annoying but loving grandma. Yes. Basically. But she's like a little older than you. She's like in her 20s. Really? She's just weird. <laughs> well, 20s for an elf or 20s? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's probably like 74. Okay. A young 74. A young 74. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Back in my day. (laughs) And like Gunther and Theodora are chatting in the side, kind of to themselves. And then you have some other people that you know come up and meet you guys. Everybody was worried about you. Yeah. Um, Does anyone notice Flibbit yet? Not immediately. I would say as you say that, you probably look behind you and you notice that Flibbit was actually hiding kind of behind you. And he looks up and he goes, sorry, uh, big crowds kind of scare me. 
I grab him and kind of hold him. I, well, not like grab him because oh, okay. he's like squishy. Say, wow. But um, I kind of like goes, usher him forward and show him to Kelly. Oh, uh, uh, oh, wow. Your thoughts are all sorts of a jumble. And she looks down and she goes, oh, uh, what is this? Um, he says he's a flump. Don't know what that is. I, I did. I am a flump. Um, and he said he also says his name is Flibbit. Well, this is my name exactly. Um, he says flump are things that feed off emotional feelings. I don't know. Explain. Well, I, mean, I mean, yeah, that's basically it. And about that time, like Callie's there. Some of the other people you notice come over. Theodora and Gunther kind of start t- stop talking. They kind of come over too. And so suddenly there's like a smaller crowd of like recognizable NPCs. And Maud even too is pretty interested because she didn't get to hear it when you guys were just running. Yeah. And Flippet's like, well, um, okay, honey, he looks up at you. And he turns, I'm going to say like a purple color, like a purple blue. Isn't that scared? A little bit. He doesn't like, like public speaking. <laughs> uh, and he goes, okay. Nervous. Um, well, and he keeps looking at you for like confirmation. I keep nodding my head. Okay. Uh, well, I'm a flump. My name is Flibbit. And, um, and, and yes, I like to feed off of, well, feed's sort of a word. I sort of like to um, absorb people's feelings, but I don't take them from you. I just, I, I um, oh boy. And he starts getting nervous and spinning around mm-hmm. a little bit. I I think Kia would um like kind of just want this weird thing that she doesn't really know much about at all as well to kind of explain himself so that everyone d- isn't scared of him but also isn't weirded out by him. Yeah, I'm going to say Theodora comes down and she kind of gets down a little lower and she goes, "Well, aren't you just the cutest little thing?" and she squeezes his <laughs> little cheekies. Yes, uh, cheeks. I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's like a football-shaped head, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the edges of the football. Those are his cheeks. <laughs> and she goes, well, I think it is wonderful that you came through and helped Kia get out of that tower. That is wonderful. You are fascinating. And you came through a portal? And he goes, um, yes. Well, she, I think she did it. And he I points didn't do you. anything. Well, when I came through the portal, you were there. Okay, wrong place, wrong time. Definitely wrong time, okay? <laughs> All right, so you didn't have anything to do with the portal? No. Well, why did it happen? Not that I know, anyway. Well, what was going on? Because when I showed up, all that was happening was there was a big, crazy-looking creature chasing you. Exactly that. But where'd the portal come from? I already told you, I don't know. Well, I don't know either. All right, uh, and he kind of like, slumps back around and goes behind you to hide from <laughs> everybody else. Theodora looks at you and she says, don't worry, some people are just nervous. Nellies. <laughs> I think um, Kia's ears kind of go back in embarrassment. In embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, Gunther kind of raises his hands up and he goes, okay, everybody, um, I know it was very exciting, but it's time for everybody to return to their homes. Kia is fine. And she and Maud is fine. We all, I think, just need some rest. It's the middle of the day. I, we don't need to sleep. I mean, like, rest. And so Gunther kind of shoes everybody off, and he leads you back towards Past World Plunders. And Flibbit follows in behind you. 
I was gonna say if he didn't, I would probably like curl my tail around him and oh, and make him come. We can <laughs> and say make that. Him come. He uh, stays there for a second. Your tail wraps around him, and he starts getting pulled your direction. <laughs> and so you guys make it to Passworld Plunders, and you notice a fair amount of people in the store. Really? And Gunther even gets surprised. He goes, "Oh, okay." And he run. He kind of runs ahead of you guys in his old body form, his cane clicking on the ground. <laughs> and, and so kind of like less of like a run and more of like a fast walk. A hobble, if you will. Yeah. He hobbles his way over and there's quite a few people in there. The other thing you notice is behind Passworld's plunders, so not on the main street, but back behind it, Yeah. you see a very, very interesting building of sorts. Is it new? It's new, but it's a building. Like and so what you basically notice is a three-story Imagine, if you will, a pointy-topped lighthouse huh. type tower that appears to be made of gears and metal and steam parts and everything sticking up right behind past world plunders as if it'd been there forever. Um, I assume I can easily catch up to Gunther because yeah, yeah, yeah. old and mm-hmm. hobbly. And um, I tap on his shoulder and point out the window. What's that? What? What's what? The the tower, the, that weird thingy. Did you notice it? It's, it's oh, new. Oh, yes, I did. Uh, you will need to talk to Theodora about that. She is quite the tinker herself. She made that? In a fashion, yeah. Anyway, look, did you gather any more things from the, um, the scrape? I did get a watch. Okay. Um, well. well, it's magic, I think. It's like a bracelet, um, but with a tiny clock on it. And um, when I put it on, like the clock started going. Okay. And I don't know. I took it off again because I don't know what it does. But but maybe we could sell it today. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you um, bring whatever you want to uh, to the shop uh, in a little bit? Well, you can go get some rest first, but. I will talk to these uh, this ambassador group, and maybe we can sell some stuff today. Could be a good day for old past world plunders. They're from Athon. They are from Athon, and they are traveling through to another city. And oh. they said that they always look for things along the road. So I'm going to go get the shop opened up, and we'll get selling. Yes. Kia's, uh, Kia's ears, like, perk happily. And I think her tail un- uncurls from Flibbit. Okay, so uncurls from Flibbit. And Gunther rushes off. Theodora comes up to you guys and she goes, Well, you guys look like you need some rest. Would you like to come into my home and I will cook you up some hot tea? Your home? Uh, do you live here? I live I've in never... the, that tower. It's portable? <laughs> oh. Oh. How? Yes, ma'am. And she has a little twinkle in her eye and she guides you over to this tower. She goes up to the front door, which is a big metal door. And you look at her and she punches in a little key code type thing on the side. <laughs> These little mechanical switches press in and the door spirals open like an iris. Ew. And she goes, welcome to my portable tower. And she leads you guys in. <laughs> Flibbit is going to pause at the doorway. Theodora goes in and disappears, but Flibbit pauses at the doorway and you notice that he's sitting there. His color changing to like a green. What does that color mean? You don't know? I ask. I ask oh, you're asking yeah. him that. Uh, well, I, um, I'm a little bit 
I'm confused and unsure. I've never quite seen um, technology like this. Uh, well, I haven't I'm, had from where I'm from. Well, I haven't either, so that makes two of us. Oh, okay. Well, that's for some reason makes me ever so slightly more um, confident. So after you, <laughs> I go in and try to find the kitchen, wherever this may be. <laughs> okay, so you go in, and pretty soon you find a little. The whole interior is basically open with small little rooms around the edges. Yeah. So it's circular as well. And you notice that one of them is Theodora's in there and uh, she is cooking up. She's starting to pull pots and pans out and there's a little oven. She lights it. Fire starts going and she starts whistling to herself in there. <laughs> um, is there a table? Uh, there are. Yes, there are tables and chairs on the far side of the tower. Um, I take one and I think... Yeah, I think I take one and kind of look around to figure out, like, how this thing works and how yeah, is it Yeah, go ahead and make a roll of some kind. Investigation, Investigation. perception. Sure. Um, I would also allow Arcana. Arcana? Yeah. I do investigation first. Okay. 18. So as you're sitting there at the table... You start looking around, and Flibbit comes and joins you, too. He doesn't really sit, but he, like, hovers over the chair to make it look like he's sitting. <laughs> I get that. And then he, or you start looking around, and you start seeing the big walls above you. This is a big open room that you're in. It's probably, like, 10, 12-foot ceilings, and there's a spiral staircase. Not a narrow one, but a wide one that goes around the whole tower on the outside edge. Ooh. And you can see the staircase going up to another floor. It looked like it was about three stories. And there are seams going up the wall, cracks in the wall, basically. Not like cracks like it's broken, seams and and lines like something happens at those spots. Like it's... Like it's affordable? Perhaps. Um, it, I think Kia notices this and kind of um, think, thinks to herself, like, does it fold like an accordion? Or... There are those cracks. Yeah, and at about that time, Theodora from the kitchen goes, Now, honey, you like sugar and milk in your tea? Uh, yes, please. You want both? Yes. How much each? If you had to measure it in handfuls. Um, in handfuls? <laughs> <laughs> How would you measure honey and... Never mind. Um, a half a handful for honey and two... And a handful or a handful and a half for milk? Okay, there you go. And about a moment later, <laughs> she starts making her way out. And she pulls off the tea, hands one to you, hands one to flip it, and hands one to herself. She takes a seat. How does she hand one to herself? Well, you know. To her know. other hands. That's right. And uh, she sits down and she says, now, and she leans forward, now you must tell me all about you. You're with me? Gunther now? I didn't know he even had a child. Or a grandchild, I should say. Um, yes, yeah, I'm, a, I'm with Gunther. You're, you said... Um, you were an old friend? Oh, yes, we, old friend. That must be how he said it. Me and Gunther used to run in the same crew back in the day. Really? Yeah. And, uh, he was always a bit of the, um, what do we call it? Uh, friendly one of the group. He was the one to make sure that we were all treating each other nice. <laughs> so, the peacekeeper. Basically, yeah. We all had roles like that, each one of us. There were four of us back then. Really? Four? That's a lot. Well. I've always worked so well. Well, we didn't necessarily work together all the time, but we had a deal where we would always split our shares amongst each other. Nice. It was a good deal, uh, but uh, 
eventually your Gunther, your uh, grandfather Gunther, he did uh, move on, and his wife as well, Tilda. She yeah. was another one of the crew. Oh, so there is one other? Yeah. Who? The fourth one? Yeah. Oh, he was this, uh, he was this guy named Zax. Um, Zax? Yeah, he unfortunately died. Oh. From what? A particularly bad storm of the wild magic variety. I didn't know they could be lethal. I thought they were just, like, weird effects. Like, I know, like, there's been, I've heard stories of, like, forests turning into lakes or something, but nothing where all the animals would suddenly swim. But then, like, I'd never heard of anything lethal. We hadn't either. It was, um... It was up north, and uh, it was a real tragedy. We don't know, because I, I agree, I haven't heard that much myself, but it did seem to happen. Mm, okay. Tell me, how long you been running run up the scrape? About since I was seven? Six, seven? Seven years old? You're so young. Well, I started out small, but I think my first one was, it wasn't in the scrape. It was uh, one of those weird, weird, like long carriages, carriage stations. Oh, yeah, like a bus. Is that what they're called? Uh, yeah, I'm a bit of a historian, you could say, and okay. researcher, you could also say, and awesome, you could also say, and she chuckles to herself. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, since I was around seven, and before today, I'd only ever gone up to four or five. Wow, and you made it all the way up to floor nine? Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Now, and I'm going to just assume you saw the projector, because yeah. you didn't say otherwise. She goes, now, I don't suppose I could convince you to put that up on this here table, and I could check it out. What, what, the projector? Yeah, yeah, Uh, sure. I want to see what took you all the way up to floor nine. Now, I know you know that we all have some that sort of innate magical pull. yeah. Did you feel that when you came up on this thing? I felt it. I felt it in the in the doorway two four nine. You felt it strong. Yeah, felt it before I was even in the room. My goodness, that is a powerful energy. And what happened when you pressed that there button? Well, do you mean when I turned it off or when I turned it on? Both. Well, when I turned it on, it's when I pointed it at the scrapers, and it um. It projected the image, the small scrapers. Anyway, it it shut them down, not permanently, but. But it affected them. Yeah, but on the big scraper, it didn't shut it down. It just kind of like slowed it down. Interesting, very interesting. Now, Gunther told me that you needed a rest. I don't suppose I could convince you to rest here while I look at this projector a little bit more. Sure. Um, do you have a guest bedroom? <laughs> do I have a guest bedroom? She slams her fist down on the table, and a little panel opens up, and she presses some buttons, and the stairwell um, lights up with arcane light. Huh. And underneath that light and stairwell, a door opens up. The wall reveals a bedroom behind with a couple beds. I thought that was the outside wall. Well, let's just say I got a few tricks up my sleeve. She chuckles to herself and gestures for you guys to go take a rest if you like. I, once I get to the doorway, am I like kind of out of earshot of Theodora? Yeah. Seems like it. I whisper to Fwibbit if he followed me. Yeah, he follows you. Um, I whisper to Fwibbit, 
can you keep keep an eye on her? Like, don't stay out here because then it might get suspicious. But I kind of don't want her messing with that. It's you, like it's not mine, well, but I like mean, I don't you, want it. You to... don't want her to press the button like that you did. No. Okay. And it might attract another storm. Um, I will warn you now that I am not much of a uh, person who likes getting in the rough and tumble, as it were. Well, you just kind of have to like stay. Like, can you stay out of sight? You want me to? You want me to be sneaky? Yeah, yeah, and like warn me if she is about to press the button or something. Okay. Um. Now I have a question for you. Um. Kia, it was. Yes. Would you mind if I? Um, took my tentacles, I have two of them uh, that are on the front here, and I will place them upon your temple, and then I will connect a uh, link between our two brains so that we may communicate from short, varying distances without using our mouths. Um, your ears go back, sure? Wonderful. Sure. Now, just stand very still. And I will be done with this in, in, in a moment. And he has two little tentacles that come out. And he reaches forward. And they latch on to essentially like your temples. And he starts fluctuating in color. Like, Purple to red to green to blue to teal to white to orange. And these energies of color start pulsing through his tentacles and going into your brain. It's like, um, go ahead and make a constitution saving throw. Uh Oh, and it doesn't feel like an attack. It feels weird. Um, okay. I have a plus two. 12, 12. You feel this bile rise up in your throat and you feel like, if you were needing to burp right now, you would vomit everywhere. But luckily for you, you are able to hold it together, but just barely. <laughs> and right as you're starting to feel nauseous from it, it starts to fade. And Flibbit looks up at you, and he pulls his tentacles off, and he looks up at you. And without moving his mouth, he goes, Hi, Kia. It's me, Flibbit, in your mind. Hi. Okay, well, it seemed to work. If there is an issue, I will send you a message but just so you know it only works within a small distance so you can't go like, too far like i mean like because she said that i could rest here so maybe like it would it work between these two rooms yeah we should be fine with that distance okay yeah i'll do that okay and so flibbit starts uh, he, he pretends to leave with you, but before you shut the door, he floats down towards near the ground where she can't see as well. And he scatters out into a little alcove, uh, with some gadgetry on it. Hmm. And then he sends you a message that says, okay, I am in position. Operation Sneaky Wump, go. <laughs> oh boy, I love operations. Uh, here we go. And he does nothing and he <laughs> is sad and he does nothing and you want to try to get her actual rest yeah so you take a short rest basically in this moment uh short sure. however much um, however much health you have missing and whatnot yeah i have um tw- 10 missing okay so what's um, it says my hit die is 1d10 plus 2. Yep. So I just do that? Yeah, 1d10 plus 2. Go ahead. 
I got the lowest possible roll. So I got three okay. hit points That's fine. to recover. Um, so you get three hit points back, and you start to take a little power nap, essentially. Uh, you sit down, and you start taking a little cat nap. Okay. And did you heal yourself up? Yep. Okay. And eventually you head back out, and Theodora is sitting there, tinkering with the machine, but not turning it on. Flip, okay. As you kind of come out, Flip it looks up at you and goes, Don't, Do not fear. I kept all my uh, stocks on her, and uh, she has not been any, doing anything nefarious. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. And he uh, he holds out a tentacle. Um, I'm not sure wh- whether to high-five him or, like, shake, or shake it. I... Kind of like I do a fist bump, and he reaches out and fist bumps you, and he goes, "Heck yeah, that was cool." <laughs> Are we best friends now? Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> and he curls up and floats in behind you. Theodore's sitting there, and she looks at you, and she goes, "Wow, you look so much better. You feel well rested now, honey." Yeah. Wonderful. Well, let me tell you a little bit about what I learned about this projector. I learned that I want to buy it. You want to buy it? Yes. Well, I don't know if you knew this about me, but I'm a bit of a historian. I'm a bit of a researcher. And you're awesome. And I'm a little bit awesome. You were listening. (laughs) Wonderful. Now, Gunther might not have told you much about me. I don't rummage so much anymore. I'm into more of what you would call hazardous enlightenment. Okay. Basically... I still go into scrapes. I still go into ruins. Uh, but wait, what... wait, 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 wait. Pause. There's multiple scrapes? Oh, honey. You didn't know? I thought this was the only one. Oh, like... no. There's scrapes everywhere. Past world was big. And we were smack dab in the middle of a big past world city. And so the colossal cliffs that stretch from Athon, they are covered in scrapes just like this. Wait, you mean like on top of them? No, inside of them like the scrape is now. When the cliffs appeared, cut through all kinds of buildings, and that's where them scrapes come from. Oh. And so there's there's, uh, cliffs and nonsense all the way from here over to Briarport, to the east. That's that's a huge city. That's like... Oh, honey, you got to talk to Gunther a little bit more. He's got stories he could tell you all the way from here, all the way up to Scarlet Hill. Wow. Scarlet Hill is the largest city in the continent and it's to the north. (laughs) That's how. That's That's how we make our money. And I'm sure he was training you to do just that. Get out there and see the scrape world. He's just, well, he's always told me to never go above 4-7. Well, yeah, he was probably trying to look out for you, but hey, I've seen some crazy stuff and made some great money. Have you seen any more of the, of the, like, the scray, scray, I'm calling you the scray claps. Have you seen any more of those? Oh, the big dude with one eye? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, well, not that many, I suppose, but I've seen a few in my day. They're pretty nasty. So not, like, thousands, like, there must be of, like, the scray, of, like, the little scrapers, only, like, ten... Yeah, maybe something like that. Okay. So Also, I should point out super common. something that I have only ever seen those in ruins 
that house some sort of extra special magic item. So, so they're like guarding it. I don't know. That's one of the things I'm trying to figure out as a researcher. I wonder what it's going to do now since we took the extra special magic item. I guess I don't know. Because it's like I saw its light turn blue, which I've never seen it do before. And so maybe it was like about to shut off or something or... Maybe. Listen, honey, all I know is you seem rested and I will buy this from you. You can take it back for now, but I want to buy it from you tonight when you get that store opened up. Okay. And so she ushers you guys out, and you kind of go out, and the day is a little bit later in the day. You know that Gunther's going to open up, but as you kind of look out, you see that the ambassador group is not in the shop anymore. Um, they what? They, it looks like they were setting up their wagons. It, they're over setting up camp. Oh. So they were checking stuff out, but for now, most of them are actually back at their camp. And so at this point in the story, I am going to reset out for you what the layout of Maps Edge is. Yeah. If you wanted to spend a little bit of time checking out the town or anything, you totally can. And so sure. <laughs> you have basically a main street. On one end of the street, on the eastern side, you have the Scrapeyard, which is the local inn and tavern, which is owned by a guy named Hodge, a dwarf. <laughs> you have Password Plunders. You have Callie's Clutters, General's General Goods, <laughs> Mixed Up Meals. Did they used to be a general? Maybe. You gotta <laughs> go find out. And mixed up meals. And that's kind of what you see. And there's some other people roaming the streets, but those are kind of the main people that you uh, that you have and the buildings and stuff that you got. Hmm. You're feeling a little bit healthier. You're out of the scrape for now. Um, I think I would go over to Cowie's Quarters to probably settle her worries, as I assume she has, as a 74-year-old slash 20-year-old. Um, elf lady? Elf okay, acting so like you- a grandma. Yeah, so you go over there and you see this shack that you've seen many times before, but it's a shack that looks like it's slammed together with some extra pieces. <laughs> uh, the roof is leaking, and there's not really a stairwell or doorway or anything like that. It's just like an archway with a curtain, like a <laughs> shower curtain in it, <laughs> and a big sign up top that says Callie's Clutters. Um, I think I'd go inside and look for Callie. Okay, you make your way through, and pretty soon you see Callie. She goes... Oh, Kia, come in. I'm so happy to see you. I was putting together a care basket for you and your new f- little friend. And she looks over and Flibbit comes in. He goes, well, he- hello again. That's me, uh, the flump, Flibbit. I say, um, well, uh, th- thank you. Theodora, the the lady with the big crazy gear tower thingy, said that she might buy the projector tonight. Was that what you and um, Maud were looking for in the scrape today? Yeah, the big metal thingy. It kind of like puts out an image of like, it's kind of weird. It's a bunch of people eating hot dogs, but one of them is like a metal man. Another one of them is red and kind of looks like a spider. And it's so weird, but it has an effect on the scrapers. Well, that sounds very exciting and helpful. Well, here, let me finish up and I will get you your care package. You feel free to look around if you want. And so what you see inside this room is basically like when you go to a garage sale and yeah. stuff's just sitting out on tables, stirring everywhere. It's like <laughs> that, but someone's house. Oh. She's got, it, you can't see like a bed. You can't see like a bathroom. You just see stuff everywhere. And they all have like really poorly written price tags on them. <laughs> Can I peruse the guns? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and make a 
Mm, perception check. 16. 16. I'll say you search around a little bit and distinctly you notice that what Callie generally sells is non-magical. Yeah. Uh, she is mostly peddling in stuff from past world, but not necessarily magical. So you pass by like a blender, you pass by like a toaster, you pass by a speaker system and some shoes. And then some shoes. you got a 16 total? Yeah. Or is 18 total? A 16 total. 16 total. You're walking by and all of a sudden your eye catches to the right and you see a little wooden box shaped like a crab. And there's a little puzzle piece partway in the box <laughs> that you can see with that score. Oh, I know what this is. Well, my character doesn't, obviously. But um, I think uh, she would go over to it and fiddle with the puzzle piece. Okay. You pull it out. You slide the lid off. And inside, you notice, maybe she didn't notice, though, is um, quite a few clips. Oh, uh-huh. oh. And the price tag on it does not reflect how many clips are in there. <laughs> so it's like something she didn't notice. Okay. Um, how much is the price tag? Uh, the price tag is four silver clips. Um, hey, this is free money. So I'd say that I'd uh, pick it up and kind of take it over to a counter. Are you going to close is... it back up first? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to close it back up okay. first. Okay. <laughs> money. You go over and that. she is finishing up your grab bag and she sets it on the counter. She goes, here you go, dear. And oh, did you want to purchase that? Yeah. Well, that'll be uh, four silver. And she hands it over. You don't need to minus anything because you're going to add something instead. Okay. She goes, well, I made a care package for you um, and your little friend. And it's got some treats in there and some other stuff. So I just hope you're feeling so much better. Um, thank you. And yes, I am. Okay, here you go. Off you go. And she scoops scoops the stuff up into a bag and sends it your way. Mm-hmm. And you make your way out. First thing you notice is that you can add two gold Ooh. to your currency. And then you open up your little care bag. And inside is a little cupcake type pastry, a little box of uh, band-aids, and a small little figurine that looks like a box, and it seems to be made of a soft stone. Oh. And that's your grab bag, and you make your way back out. Is there anything else you want to check out? Mm, maybe a general, general store. Okay, so you start making your way down towards past world plunders, and you pass by General's General Goods, and uh, inside you hear yelling. <laughs> but the, as you listen to it, it's not the type of yelling from, like, anger. It's somebody barking orders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I push open the door hesitantly. So you push open the door and uh, you immediately notice like stuff everywhere, but not like Callie's where it's unorganized, extremely organized. Oh. (laughs) Ropes coiled perfectly. Little camp cookware organized perfectly. There is tents, there are blankets, there are ropes and bedrolls and things that you would buy in the general store. Perfectly organized. Perfectly organized. And you see standing there is a elderly female orc with her hands on her hips looking down at a group of about five smaller individuals and she's going no i don't want to have to whip you guys into shape so you better get organizing and she boots them all over there and they all start going over shelves and organizing stuff (laughs) and she Um, turns to you and she goes what um 
uh, uh, what, what do you, what do you have for sale? General goods. Did you read the sign? Um, yeah. Well, do you need any general goods? Um, sure. <laughs> I got rope. I got food. Do you have pitons? I do have pitons. What does a girl like you need pitons for? I'm a rummager. Well, hot dang. And she runs over and she grabs you another 10 piton pack and she hands it over. She goes, that's three silver. Okay, I hand it over. And she hands you the piton bag. Anything else you want to do or you want to make your way over? I just want to restock my piton. That's good. Pitons are good. Now I have 15. So you guys make your way and Flibbit's following behind you and you guys make your way over to the area where Password Plunders and the Ambassador Cart are kind of nearby each other. And so you have an opportunity, if you would like, to go check out the Ambassador Group or head into the shop. Uh, I want to check out the Ambassador Group. You make your way over to the Ambassadors. Um, they're all kind of chatting amongst themselves as they send up the tents. Fancy. <laughs> yep. And so they're dressed very nicely. They look like they're from the city. And there are a couple things you could potentially overhear. Why don't you start by rolling me a perception check? There are two individuals, two older men having a conversation near the entrance. Okay. Entrance to what? The, like, to where they're staying. It's okay. not really an entrance, but they've, they've got the wagons pulled up next to each other yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, I got a 18. Or, sorry, 17. Okay. You hear someone say, Well, I heard that the bloodhounds are becoming aggressive lately, especially against rummagers. So it's kind of rough out there to the north. Blah, 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 blah. More talking, more talking. You hear one more thing. Well, Czar Bloodhoof is not a minotaur to be taken lightly. But you said they're bloodhounds. They are called bloodhounds. But there's a guy that they're talking about named Czar Bloodhoof. Who's a minotaur. <laughs> and so there are some other conversations that you could try to check out or you could keep going yeah. to password plunders. I idle by eavesdropping. Or perception? Or? Yep. This one's going to be at disadvantage if you're just kind of walking by. Yeah. If you're want to try to sneak up, that's different. But why don't you go make this one at disadvantage? That is an extreme difference. What'd you get? I got a 13 and a 2. Okay. Well, <laughs> so unfortunately... I got a... On, on, the, on the lower roll, I got a... It doesn't matter. It was too low. Uh, they are chatting, but they're a little too far away, and then they kind of notice that you're standing there, and they get up and move. Mm. And as you kind of make your way through, you start seeing past world plunders in the far off, not far off, I'm sorry, <laughs> across the street, basically. Across the street. Yeah. But before you go there, as you are walking to the ends of the ambassador cart, you hear a strange whiny barking noise. Like a bloodhound? <laughs> you don't know, but it seems to be coming from around the backside of the last caravan. Can I make a stealth check? You want to try to sneak over? Yeah. I hand Go my, ahead. And my grab bag to Flibbit. Flibbit takes a grab bag and he goes, okay, I, yeah, I can stay here. I'm pretty stealthy too when I don't move because, um, because I float. That's why I can usually feed on people without them noticing. Go ahead and make your stealth check. Okay. 20. Not nat. A non-natural 20? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a 16. Okay. So, you got a 16. You start... Well, no, a 20. Or, sorry. Uh, okay, okay. So, you start stealthing around the corner. As you start stealthing around the corner, you feel a little tentacle tap on your arm. And Flipit goes, um, I'm getting a bad feeling over here. Like, bad like danger or bad like... Well, I don't know. It's hard for me to tell sometimes unless I can see the thing. And you start creeping and creeping and creeping around. Um, a... I peek around the edge of the wagon. Okay, you creep around and peek around the edge of the wagon, and next to the wagon, about halfway up on the far side, 
is a tiny little creature, but this is not a construct. This is a creature. And what you see is a tiny little black and purple bug creature. But it Imagine like a large beetle. Okay. And it seems to be playing with something in its mouth. Like chewing on something? You can't see from this angle, but it's definitely angry and thrashing and doing something. I believe I have a rope. And what? what do you want to do with said rope? Can I make a lasso? You want to try to make a lasso? You're going to need to roll for it. Gotcha. So you tie a lasso up. Why don't you go ahead and make a dexterity check? Okay. Uh, any dex? The dexterity check, Deb. Yeah. <sighs> that, I believe, is a 10. A 10? Mm-hmm. You make a lasso, you think. <laughs> it's a really bad slip knot. Yep. <laughs> I want to try to lasso it onto the onto the beetle. Okay, go ahead and make a athletics acrobatics check. I want to do cowboy style, like flip it. Uh-huh. That's why it's acrobatics. Fifteen. You go ahead and thrust. Wow, thrust? you toss the mm-hmm. slip knotted thing over towards the beetle. And it lands on top of the beetle and wraps it up. Mm. And it goes tight. What do you want to do? Um, I pull it. As you go to pull it, you notice two things. What it was chewing on seems to be a digital clock. <laughs> some sort of small little thing. And as it stops chewing on it, you notice a slight pull in that direction. It is magical. It's chewing on it? I pull quicker. Okay, you pull quicker and the thing comes towards you. I don't want to wake it too close to me because then it bite me or something but I wanted to put a hand on it mm-hmm. maybe on the rope so I don't like touch it specifically but I want to like hold it there like how big is this? About knee height and two feet wide I want to like put a hand on it to at least like hold it down so it doesn't like fly away if it can fly okay Um, and I want to try to like wrestle the clock out of its out of its mouth okay two things happen I'm going to say you start by wrestling the clock out of its mouth after a second, you are able to pull and try to release that clock. Why don't you go ahead and make an athletics or acrobatics check or sleight of hand. Acrobatics, because it's still my best okay. out of all of those three. Oh. What's up? Nat one. Nat one. I got a five. And I you, got a five. You got a five total? Five total. And you were trying to... Pull the clock out of it. Yeah, pull the clock out of the mouth. Um, It doesn't work. It bites down harder on the clock. And then because of that bite down and like thrashes its head away from you, you reach out to stabilize it with your hand, right? Yeah. As you touch it, two things happen. Number one. You already said two things happen. Well. Four things happen. Four things happen. As you touch it, you hear behind you flip it go, oh no. And then you feel... A surge rush through you. A surge of magical energy. A surge of something. Feels almost like that pull you get. But in reverse? In reverse. It's washing over your body. You feel this warmth go through you. And you go vision dark. And you pass out. (laughs) However, you don't stop seeing things. And as you pass out, you start having a vision. And in this vision, you, from your eyes, are sitting on a table. All around you are furniture items. All around you are shower curtains and shelving units and chairs. So you see 
furniture, you see all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And you feel that very normal sensation in your body of purring when you're happy. Yeah. That you used to do a lot. And I would like you, and I have given the daughter zero preparation on this. No. <laughs> to explain to me what it looks like, because this is a memory flashback. Of? About seven years ago. Um. <laughs> when suddenly you had a moment of what we like to call awakening. And you became a variant. Um, you said that there was like chairs, chairs and tables, furniture, tables, lots of blue color and yellow color. Uh oh. Oh no. So <laughs> I know absolutely what you're talking about. There you go. So um. what does it look like? Without revealing too much yet, we're gonna drag this out a little bit. But what does this look like right now? You may know the store if you think of something like Sweden. It is blue. And yellow. Uh-huh. And it may start with an I. Interesting. And what are you doing in this strange store that starts with an I? <laughs> I think yeah, I would be sitting on a comfy chair. Oh, yeah? Laying down. And I assume she's a kitten? Perhaps. <laughs> well, a young A young cat. cat. And she's laying down on a comfy chair. And it's big enough to support her like to support her full body and so she's laying down this comfy chair probably like just enjoying being not asleep but enjoying this being comfy basically and outside a storm rages on and you are inside here and you look out the window because that storm was coming this way and then a moment happens and suddenly you hear you feel a little slap on your cheek and you hear a voice go, Kia, Kia, are you all right? And your eyes open up from this vision, and you feel a warm blue, light blue teal glow wash over your body as you suddenly feel great. And <laughs> you can actually fully heal up yourself. Oh. Because Flibbit seems to have cast some kind of healing magic upon you. Oh. You go ahead and sit up, and in front of you are Flibbit and Theodora. And Theodora? And she goes, My goodness, dear, are you okay? Yes. Flibbit came just running around this corner, and he saw the first person he could see, which is me, and he said that you came over here and passed out because you touched something. Um, oh, oh, I was trying to get something magical out of a giant bug's mouth. There was a giant bug over Well, not like giant. It was more like medium size, like two feet by... That's huge. That is (laughs) a giant bug. And what was it chewing on? It was black, and it had numbers on it. Oh, like a clock. Well, yeah, but not like a round clock. It was like kind of like square, hmm. like rectangular. And she looks around. It had like a screw, like a flat, shiny bit on it, and okay. that was where the numbers were. And she looks around and uh, doesn't see anything. It's all gone. The beetle is gone. And the beetle is also gone. Wait, is the wagon? The wagons are still here. Wagons are still there. Okay, but the thing is gone. Theodora helps you up, and she pats you down, and she says, "Well, I don't know what could have done that to you." Some sort of psychic energy of some kind. But that is crazy. And I'm glad you're feeling better, dear. And there's no beetles around to take your stuff. Yeah. Well, take my stuff? Why would a beetle steal things? I don't know. It was munching on some sort of password thing you said. Yeah. Funky. Look, your grandfather is looking for you. You need to run along to the shop. Um, how long was I out exactly? Flippet looks at you and goes, about 20 minutes. 20 minutes? Yeah, just about. 
And fish sticks. Fish sticks, indeed. And uh, Theodora looks at you and she says, okay, run along now and go find Gunther. You take off running and you make your way around the corner and you start heading towards past world plunders. However, as you cross the street, you catch something, a glimpse out of the corner of your eye and you look down the street out of town and in the distance, you see this little scarab beetle looking thing scurrying off and taking a turn into the bushes with something in its mouth. And that's where we're going to end our episode. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Exactly. If any of you recognize that shop. We'll um, find oh, Don't tell them. Because we're going to reveal it slowly. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to okay. tell them what it is. But if any of you recognize that shop, keep it to yourself. There because you we are going to reveal it eventually. It's a very fun story. I was actually thinking it would be a fun thing to potentially do is to maybe make a flashback episode where you play oh. the past. Oh. So that might be what happens. Anyway, that is all for this week. We're going to continue because you're kind of right in the middle of this part. We're going to continue with that next time where you can go talk to Gunther and do all that stuff. Well, it's been about an hour. And chase a beetle. <laughs> and maybe chase a beetle. Um, thank you all for listening once again to our nonsense. <laughs> yes. Hopefully um, you will all know eventually what this means. Yes. And hopefully next time we'll find out what happened to Kia for 20 minutes of memory. It was like two seconds. <laughs> That's the crazy thing about dreams. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time on... Dadventress. Welcome to Dadventress Podcast Q&A. Q&A. We have another question, don't we? Yes. Yes, we do. This one says... Is there anything else other than fighting? And can I play without having an interest in that? Oh, with fighting? Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, yeah, we do it. I mean, we only do like one fight per episode, basically, in an hour. Yes. It's and a so, lot of role-playing, isn't it? Yeah, and so, like, you you absolutely can play without fighting at all. You just... You can role-play. And there's some games out there, too, that don't have as much fighting, some other tabletop role-playing games. But D&D, definitely, you don't... You know, it's that whole play to what your table wants. Your t table of people might not be into fighting. They might be into talking with people and going to stores and, and shopping. So that's, and so that's your campaign. Yeah. And so, yeah, like you said, you can pretty much play D&D how you want to in terms of like fighting or like story stuff or things like that. Totally. That's just one way to play. Yeah. And some other people on the flip side of that might only want combat. They just want to fight stuff and they don't want to have to go shopping and they don't want to have to talk to the townsfolk and they just want to hit everyone. Well, maybe your table's got to play towards that and you just stick them in a dungeon all the time and they don't you don't bother with things like town. Or story. Or story. You just fight goblins in a cave. Nothing wrong with that. No. There's really no wrong way to play D&D. That's a good way to put it. You can really play however you want, yeah. Love that. All right, I think that's everything for Q&A this time. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next time on Dadventurous Q&A. That's all for this week's episode of Dadventurous. Quick shout out to the folks over at Plus One to Gaming for giving us a platform for our podcast. Head over to their website at plus1togaming.com for tips, tricks, other actual plays, and some pretty cool content. Um, make sure to check us out on social media and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, see you next week on this silly podcast.
Bye. <laughs>